0: beautiful. So what do you think? Peace on earth. Can it be? Yes, right? Eric had no hesitation. Yep. Yes. That's what we come together and to discuss week after week, right? How can we show up and be that which we are wanting to see in the world? And so our focus for this week for Advent is peace. And and I want to Point out the quote that's on the front of your bulletin that says, The light of the star shines in my soul tonight, illuminating the darkness and filling me with peace. If you recall last week as we began this series on the three faces of God, I mentioned that metaphysically the star represents that inner conviction that we are the Christ. Everything that we are facing in our life, whatever that may be, the star reminds us to follow that light of conviction that we are the Christ. And so this is what we affirm, and this is what, as we prepare for Christmas morning, we are preparing to reveal ever more of that spirit of Christ that we are. And so we had, uh, last week I told you that what we would be talking about throughout Advent was the three faces of God. And I invited you to know these three faces of God. And we had some movements, right? So there was God that is beyond us, in whom I live and move and have my being. God who walks beside me, who is always with me. And God who is within me, I am the light of the world. And so many times we get this idea that it's an either-or thing, right? Either God is out there and all that is, or God is in here in me. Either God is walking beside me, or I am God expressing. And we think that we have to make the choice as to which way to see God. It's an either-or thing, and what I am here to share with you during this Advent series is that it is an all-inclusive thing. That God is both beyond us, God walks beside us, and God is within us. And we don't have to choose. And in fact, our life is enriched. Our relationship with that divine power and presence is enriched when we can embrace all three faces of God. And so today, we are going to have a deeper conversation about, you know, that God that is beyond us. So I was thinking about how, Throughout humanity, I think, from the time human beings came into existence, we have been designed to make meaning of the world. We've been designed to connect with one another and to try to figure out what is life about. And today we are really blessed because we've got some um, technology that allows us to see the bigger picture, to get a deeper understanding of the bigger picture. But imagine thousands of years ago when our ancient ancestors were walking on the earth and they didn't have that technology and they too were making meaning of what was happening right why was the sun rising and setting and why did the seasons come and go and And why did the moon go through its various phases? And so they began to make meaning of it by placing uh, an understanding of God over those things, right? So one of the the songs that came to me as I was thinking about this topic was the song from Agape. uh, And and maybe you recognize that it starts like this. I used to think God was the sun, God is the sun. But God so much more than the earth or the stars or all of creation. God is Creator, all in all, and God needs us to shine its light as me, as you. Right, so that's came to my mind that idea that our ancestors our ancient ancestors believed that God was the sun and God was the moon and God was the stars right and so we needed to to pray to that God that we would have a successful harvest and we needed to give thanks to that God when things happened and and at this time of year Throughout the history of mankind, there were these celebrations as the winter solstice in this northern hemisphere came into being because it appeared to those ancient people like the sun was losing its strength, right? The, the days were getting shorter and shorter, and so we had to have a an honoring of God and a calling back of that light. And what would happen is, what still happens today is that on the winter solstice, it appears as though the sun was, stops movement in the sky. And coincidentally, it takes about three days for that sun to again begin to move through the sky, and uh, that happens to fall around Christmas Day. And so as Christianity was beginning, as humanity was, was going through learning and discovering, eventually what happened was we ended up with Christmas at this time of year. It's a reminder, right, that uh, life is eternal, that the sun will return, and that darkness can never be overtaken by the light. So uh, when Christianity first began, the followers of the way, they did not even celebrate Jesus' birth. In fact, the earliest gospel, the gospel of Mark, mentions nothing about the birth of Jesus. There is no miraculous birth of Jesus that takes place in that gospel. The early followers were more focused on walking in the way that Jesus gave to us, and as Christianity began to develop, more focus was placed on the Easter story, that resurrection story, than on some miraculous birth story about Jesus. In fact, you may or may not know this, but the early uh, people who came in in the colonies, they were forbidden from practicing anything about Christmas. So these celebrations that we get involved in are really a fairly recent phenomenon. Uh, History is not exactly sure when we began to celebrate the birth of Jesus, uh, but because there were these festivals that take place during the winter solstice, Because the people that were considered the pagans, and the pagans were simply those people who lived like in the countryside, not in the urban cities, but in the countryside, who were very much aware of the cycles of nature. Because those early pagans celebrated the solstice, when Rome began to embrace the ideas of Christianity, they began to celebrate this Christmas season during that season of darkness to remind us of the light. So we all know, as I said last week, that Jesus' birthday was likely not literally on December 25th. But it is still a reminder to turn within and to allow that Christ to express more fully within us. So as I said, we have the ability today to measure a lot that the ancients could not measure. And I wanted to share with you a couple of things I'm talking from the three faces of god this is reverend paul smith's book is your god big enough close enough and you enough and in this book paul tells us that there are an estimated 300 septillion stars in just the known observable universe that is three hundred three followed by 23 zeros 300 septillion in the known universe right And he goes on to tell us that in 2014, the University of California in Berkeley mapped 1.3 million galaxies, down to about 1% accuracy. Physicist David Schlegel said, it's likely the universe extends forever in space and will go on forever in time. So we here today have the benefit of finding out about this universe in which we live with uh, the instruments like the Hubble spacecraft, for example, that take images for us of deep space so we can begin to comprehend, although I don't know how you even comprehend 300 septillion stars, right? But we know it's a lot. It's a lot. And so, what I am reminded of is that there is this God that is so much more than I am. So much more than I can understand. And I am one with that divine power and that divine presence. And that is what I live and breathe and move and have my being in. Many years ago, I had this image in my mind that I'm swimming in an ocean of God. And so are you. And so are we all so that when we are saying, you know, you know, God, thank you. It's not to this God outside of myself, this being up in the sky, this Santa Claus who lives in the clouds if you will, that I'm saying thank you to. It's an understanding that from That essence of all that is, all that is, is created, and I am grateful for that. I'm bringing myself into an alignment of understanding that that power and presence that is God is more vast than I can ever imagine, but that right here, right now, I'm experiencing it. Thank you. In unity, we teach that that God is divine mind. We teach that God is divine principle. We teach that God is divine law. We teach that God is impersonal and transcendent as one of the aspects of God. One of the faces that Charles Fillmore, our co-founder, recognized was that God that is all that is. And we don't have to give up that God that is all that is. And think that there is only this God that is within me. And this God that is as me. We can remember that it is a both and thing. And so we can give ourselves over to that divine power and presence. And allow that power and presence to inspire us. Right? And so I was thinking about how um, we pray. Jesus prayed. Jesus prayed to God. And we can think, we may have grown up thinking that we are praying to something outside of ourselves. But in unity, we recognize that that is not the case. We are not praying to some God outside of us, hoping we've been good enough that whatever we're praying for, God will now give to us. That's not our understanding of the divine and prayer. What we know is that the divine power and presence that is all possibility exists equally for each and every one of us. And there is nothing that we can do to stop our blessings from coming unless we think it so. And so prayer for us isn't a a reaching outside of ourselves to some God out there hoping that we will be blessed by that God. It is a remembering that right here, right now, in this moment, all possibility exists, and I need to bring my mind into an alignment with that all possibility. And so if I pray, you know, God, help me. There's nothing wrong with that. There's just a remembering that there isn't some being out in the sky that I am asking for help. It is, God help me, is my remembering that I am in alignment with that all possibility, with all God is. And I can reach out and say, help me. I can say, thank you. I can say, show me. The angels were a big part of the Christmas story, right? The angels who came to Mary and said, Mary, you're going to have a baby and it's going to be okay. They went to Joseph and said, Joseph, she's having a baby, but don't worry. Stay with her. It's okay. The angels that met the shepherds in the field and said, a baby's been born. Glory to God in the highest and peace and goodwill to all men. Those angels, like the star, have a metaphysical meaning for us. And that metaphysical meaning of the angels is that they are divine ideas coming from God. Divine ideas. If there was not this all that is, where would those divine ideas come from? Right? So it comes from that all possibility. And in that all possibility, in that divine mind of God, there is the perfect um, um, blueprint for you and for me and for us, for all of creation. And in unity, we know that blueprint as the Christ. The I am, that cosmic Christ you might sometimes hear about. It's that that perfect idea, divine idea in divine mind for who you and who I am. And what we are called to is to not make Jesus the exception. Look, there's the Christ. I wish I could be like him, but I never will be because he's the exception. It's the absolute knowing that God has placed that divine blueprint into each and every one of us and that what we are called to do is to live in the example that Jesus gave us and actually be that. He was the perfect demonstration of that cosmic Christ, expressing uniquely and individually as Jesus. But that is what we are all called to be. We are all called to be that light of God expressing We are all called to be that light at the times of darkness. We are all called to be that light of understanding and compassion and forgiveness and wisdom. No matter what is occurring in our world around us, we are to remember that star, be deeply convicted in remembering that I am the Christ, and to live from that understanding. And to know that wherever I am, and wherever you are, God is. And God is so much more than what we are individually. And yet all that we are is divine. So Talissa sent me a a little Sufi tale that I thought perfectly talked about this. I wanted to share it with you today. So there was this old Sufi teacher who made a journey to Mecca. And as he got there, he was so tired. And so he laid down to take a rest. And he rested for a little while. And all of a sudden, some travelers that were also going to Mecca came by. And they were offended. And they woke him up. And they said, blasphemer, your feet are pointed toward Mecca. That is a blasphemy to God to be pointing your feet towards God. And he sat up the Sufi master. And he said to them, oh, thank you for waking me. Now, will you point my feet in a direction where God is not? nowhere that God is not. There is nowhere that we can't be open and receptive to that power and that presence that is God. There is nowhere that we can be that we can't be open to that all that is. And so our question is, is your God big enough? Is your God so big that it can take in all that is? Or have you placed God in a little box and said, it can only be this? As soon as we define God, placed in a box and said, this is God, we've lost its very essence. So my God is so big. In God, I live and move and have my being. How about you? Are you open and receptive to a God so big that it is bigger than any challenge that is before you? Are you open and receptive this Christmas season as we move through Advent to become aware inside of yourself of where have I forgotten that this, all that is, is who I am, who what I come out of. And that I am here to, to allow that cosmic Christ, that perfect blueprint of who I am, to express as me so that on Christmas morning I can wake up and say, yes, I am that. I am that Christ expressing as me. So that's the question for the week, right? Can we live from that vastness, from that greatness? Knowing that the sun isn't God, but the sun is there with God. And creation isn't just God, but God is in that creation. And this place that we are standing is not God, but it's but yet it is, it's holy ground. It it, it all is. There's nowhere that God is not. Can I live from that understanding? Can I reach out to that God? Every time I stand here like this, I think about like our brothers and sisters that are in the Pentecostal movement. I think I said this last week, right? Where they, where they stand with their arms outstretched. And we tend to think, what are they doing? Maybe you, you sit here and you're inspired by the music and you want to do that, but you think, what will people think? But that, that spirit moves in and we reach out and we say, yes, worship. Another word that sometimes has a spark to people like worship. What are we worshiping? Does that God of all that is need me to worship it? Well, no. But what worship is, if you take that word down to its etymology, it's Worship. It's coming into an awareness through worship that I am worthy, that I am one with all that is, that I am one with the divine, that this is really all that I am in truth. And so it's bringing myself back into an alignment with that. So, God that is beyond me, in which I live and move and have my being, that is to bring me back into an alignment of that truth. Can you join me in that? Can you hold up your arms and say, God that is beyond me, in whom I live and move and have my being. Let's say that. God that is beyond me, in which I live and move and have my being. Yes. God that walks beside me, you are always with me. God that walks beside me, you are always with me. God that is within me, I am the light of the world. God that is within me, I am the light of the world. We get that one in unity. And we talk about that one a lot. But we cannot lose sight. Our faith will be enriched. Our spiritual journey will be enriched as we open up to that allness that the Fillmore's knew about it. That was their conversation about that divine mind, divine possibility, eternal law that we are a part of. So that's our practice for the week that's on the back of your bulletin. As you begin each day, can you imagine walking and looking in the mirror with your arms up and saying, God, you are beyond me. I live and move and have my being in you. And if you're feeling yourself thinking, ooh, that feels a little weird to me. Do it. Right? Because if we want to stretch and grow and be the light of God expressing, if we want to be the peace that passes all understanding here in the world right now, if we want to show that peace can exist in the world because we are peace, then guess what? We have to be willing to be made uncomfortable. And for some, that might be uncomfortable. Right? So, that is beyond me in which I live and move and have my being and then as you look around and see everybody that you're interacting with throughout the day and you see your family and your friends and you realize oh my gosh they too are living and moving and having their being in this divine presence we are all walking in an ocean of God how would that shift your day how would that shift the way you see one another to know this are you willing to practice that this week so let's, let's lift up our arms one more time. God that is beyond me. God that is beyond me. In which I live and move and have my being. In which I live and move and have my being. And we know we don't stop there. Next week we'll be going to God that walks beside me. God that walks beside me. You are always with me. You are always with me. And come Christmas Eve, God that is within me, God that is within me, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Yes. This is what we take and this is what we remember. This is what this Advent season is about. But before I end, I'm realizing one of the things that I wanted to share with you is that many of our Christian uh, Christmas traditions come out of those ancient practices, right? So our Christmas tree is a perfect example of that. When those ancient pagans would come together and celebrate that winter solstice season, And they would see outside just as we see now, you know, that the trees were barren and everything looked lifeless and it looked like, again, the darkness was overtaking. They would take into their homes evergreen branches because it was only the evergreens that were still green during this time of year. And it was their reminder of eternal life, that darkness could not overcome the light, that the light was eternal. So we are still practicing you know, in that, in that um, meditation that I did, the Wisdom of the Ancients, you know, we're still practicing some of, those, some of those practices from that time. The Christmas tree, by the way, came into being in the 1600s through uh, Germany. They were the first to bring in a Christmas tree. And now it continues to expand so that here we are at Unity Spiritual Center with a Christmas tree being filled with gifts. So for those of you who were not here last week, as you see these gifts under the tree, what we're doing, is Jim mentioned, is we're collecting gifts for our friends that are coming from Puerto Rico. Over in Lorraine, there's a family a day arriving from Puerto Rico. And they're not prepared for this cold. And so what we're doing is we're bringing in warm clothes for them, wrapping them uh, any size, any uh, male, female, doesn't matter. Girl, boy, doesn't matter. Get whatever you'd like. Some warm clothes, a sweatshirt, a sweater, pair of pajamas for the kids. Wrap it up. Put a tag on there that simply says, you know, is it a boy or a girl, a man or a woman, and the size. And then we're going to be distributing those after Christmas because the Puerto Ricans celebrate the gift giving when the kings come and bring their gifts to the Christ child. So that's not till January. So we have perfect divine timing for that. So bring in your gifts. I don't know about you, but I'm seeing the stage like overflowing because this many came in in just a week. So thank you all for being open to that divine power and presence that is God in my life and in your life, and in our lives. God bless.